Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. The man of the hour. All the breaking news on Aaron Donald's New Deal happening right now. And also, this time next week, kickoff to the NFL season will be in the books. And we will be previewing 15 more. But first, cuts from 90 to 53. So we have a lot to do. Jeff Saturday, Josina Anderson, Hall of Fame GM, Bill Polian. I'm Susie Calber. Well, our lead today took a long time coming, but man, is it worth it. Adam Schefter broke the news just after noon Eastern time. The Rams and Aaron Donald finalizing a record six-year, $135 million contract, including $87 million guaranteed for source. It is the richest defensive deal in NFL history. Donald is now tied to L.A. for the next seven years, and he will be ready for Monday night's opener against the Raiders as we welcome in Adam. So tell us, how did this finally come together? Well, Susie, the truth of the matter is they've been talking and made big-time progress over the last couple of weeks to the point where earlier this week, Aaron Donald himself called Sean McVay and said he thought the deal was getting done. And that is why Sean McVay expressed the optimism that he did. Now, they spent the last couple of days, the two sides, finalizing the language, going over the structure of the deal. The money already was in place, but it was the language that the two sides were going back and forth on the last couple of days, including during last night's preseason game at New Orleans against the Saints. The Rams landed in L.A. at 2.45 this morning, Pacific Coast time, and obviously were able to finish off the language early today that would enable Aaron Donald to get back to work. Now, the Rams are scheduled to meet here for the first time at 2 p.m. Pacific, 30 minutes from now. And they really wanted Aaron Donald at that meeting, and they wanted him in today. It was sort of road hits the rubber, or however that expression is, Susie. It was important for them (laughs) to get him in today as they began preparations for the Monday night regular season opener against John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. And so the two sides get the deal done. It is, as you mentioned, the richest deal. And it caps a week in the NFL where we saw Aaron Rodgers get the richest deal ever given to an NFL player, where Odell Beckham Jr. landed the richest deal ever given to a wide receiver. And now we have seen Aaron Donald land the richest deal ever given to a defensive player. Three landmark deals. And that leaves two more really out there that we're waiting on. Number one, Khalil Mack with the Oakland Raiders, and there continues to be no contact between those two sides, Mm. and Earl Thomas in Seattle, who also wanted his new deal. Okay, so the rubber hits the road in earnest as we await Aaron Donald. What do you think about the timetable? I'm sure you're keeping an eye on this. Can he make it there in 30 minutes? Well, I, I would think that as close as they were and as confident as the player was that they were going to get the deal done, I don't know that this happened, but my sense is he would have flown to L.A. last night or very early this morning to be in position to get to work today. Now, again, if he makes the meeting or not, we'll see, but I'm sure he's going to be there today. I mean, that's not in question. And many times, as was the case earlier this summer with Sam Darnold in New York, he was five minutes from the Jets facility, even though he had missed the early part of training camp, so that when the deal got done on that Monday, July 31st, I think was the date, He literally drove over to the complex and was there and ready to go to practice. Now, I don't know that Aaron Donald went to L.A. yesterday, but it would not surprise me if he did. And if he didn't do it then, he could fly him this morning. And you know what, Susie? If 
Worst comes to worst, I think Aaron Donald can afford to hire a private plane to fly him out there to get him to practice two times and name the time that he wants to go and arrive. <laughs> two private planes. Okay, Adam, we know you keep us posted on that. And, of course, we'll check back with you for more in just a bit. Donald's $87 million guaranteed ties him with Andrew Luck as the fourth highest paid player in the league. And he is easily the highest paid defensive player. That title had belonged to Von Miller at $70 million. How does this hit you, Bill? Uh, it's well, uh, well earned, well deserved. Uh, he's the best defensive player in the league, and he should be where he is. Uh, the owners are making money, and the players need to get some of it, and the best players need to get paid. And uh, this is not hype. This guy is the best player at his position, and arguably the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Shetty's already trying to spend his money, man. Private jets. I mean, the guy's got yeah. five minutes. Shetty's already writing Whoa. checks for him, man. Easy does it. Tell Shetty, we're jumping on a commercial jet, bud. Maybe first class. First Let's class, settle it down. Yes, no, I, I completely agree with Bill, man. Listen, worth every penny. This guy is a flat-out monster at the defensive line position. And, and what's different from most defensive positions is you can't really scheme away from him, especially now that you've added Sue to the mix. All of a sudden, you have a guy who's going to get a ton of one-on-one matchups or even double teams as opposed to triple teams. He can play over either guard, over the center, and you watch how he just dominates and impacts football games. Because here's what quarterbacks don't want. I don't care which quarterback we're talking about. The best of the best. They do not want pressure up the middle. They can they can. Deal with pressure on the side. You can chip with the running back. You can do those things. It is much more difficult to control the interior part of the line of scrimmage. Every center, every guard in the league who faces this guy has a has a, an amount of fear before the game kicks in. Because the last thing you want to do is get that franchise guy hit or hurt because of him, and he's a guy who can do it. $87 million. They're still getting out cheap on that guarantee. There's a rookie left tackle. Oh. For the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank you. No, hey, coach, coach, slide this way. Slide this way. Here's the, here's the thing with him. He's the best athlete at his position in the league, among the best on, in, in def, on defense in the league, playing arguably against the worst athletes, the guards. So that's a mismatch Not to centers. start with. Right. Secondly, <laughs> the guy who's next happiest after uh, uh, Aaron? Dominican Sue. Dominican Sue, you yes, bet. Because Aaron's getting double teamed yep. every single play. Every single play. If you don't, you ought to be fired as an how about, how about those? How about those two new corners? How excited are they yeah, for that luck. pass rush now coming on the interior portion of it? I mean, it just fits together. Yeah, we've heard from uh, Sean McVay already on Twitter who said, see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Wade Phillips is thinking right now. Oh, oh Wade Phillips static. is opening up a bottle <laughs> of champagne. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Wade, here I go, man. Well, you don't I, have to do much coaching. <laughs> just go get him, guys. Well, I was just going to say, first of all, it just, it just pays to wait and to believe in yourself. Aaron Donald uh, was steadfast in what he felt like was his value. Uh, he didn't rush it. And for him to be able to get a deal that's averaging him out at $22 million a year as a non-quarterback, a defensive player who's had the most sacks since he entered the league at 2014 with 39, to have the second most tackles for losses since he entered the league behind Michael Bennett at 41, and to get a career-high numbers in 11 sacks. And all of the numbers are there, and he's proven himself. And it's just like you and I were talking about in the green room, Jeff. You know, it's especially with these players are going forward and you're trying to get paid and you know you're a top-tier elite player. You know, you have to ask yourself, are you trying to be paid as the top at your position or are you trying yes. to be played, paid as the top five or top ten in the league? And those are two different things. And if you are going to do that, you have to have the patience and the belief in yourself 
to put the owners to their feet to the fire, yeah. pull that money out the pocket so you can secure the bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, patience and, pays off. And if, you, if you're looking at positionally, this works as well. Not every position can go say, hey, I'm going to be the top five in the league, <laughs> right. right? But for his position specifically, yeah. it fits and it matches. Whether you're a defensive pass rusher, interior, outside, you're a corner, you're a left tackle, you're a quarterback, you know, an elite pass catcher. All of those, but the rest of the guys, they're not going to go chase that money because they realize they're not in that same category. But this guy, the way he waited, to your point, Joe, is fantastic because he did it the right way, continues to play, continues to dominate, and now he got, he, got, uh, he got paid the money he deserves. One of the reasons he got paid is because, A, he was the best player in the draft when he came out, regardless of where he was taken somewhere in the middle of the first round, I think. Uh, that, that means nothing. He was the best player in the draft by far. And secondly, he plays the hardest position to find on defense. That's right. An interior athletic defensive tackle who can disrupt the passer is the hardest position to find in football. You know what we were just saying, too? We were saying in the green room, it's just interesting how patience uh, pays off, right? But also, if Odell had waited, you know, for this deal to come out, what implications would that Ooh. have when you're trying to convince, you know, a team, this is why you deserve this much more at signing. This is why you deserve this, you know, transcendent pay. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting the time that you decide to move the trigger and what it bears out at the time. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald, he was seeking an extension that would make him the NFL's highest paid defensive player and one of the highest paid players in the league. Mission accomplished. Aaron Donald signing the richest defensive deal in NFL history today. So as you would expect, plenty of reaction. This from Saints defensive end Cameron Jordan. Ryan, if I uh, partake in that signing bonus? (laughs) I think so. Congrats and hallelujah. That is for sure. Plenty more coming on that new deal. Elsewhere, Rob Gronkowski will receive an additional $1 million in per-game bonuses and $3.3 million in incentives, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, boosting the max value of the deal to $13.05 million. Gronkowski still has a base salary of $8 million this season and has two years left on his deal. The reworked contract doesn't affect Gronkowski's salary cap number for the 2018 season. Gronk is still playing on the six-year extension he signed back in 2012, worth $9 million per season. That currently makes him the fourth-highest-paid tight end in the league in terms of average annual value behind Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, and Jordan Reed. Ooh. Does that sound right to you? Oh, 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 you went to the wrong Ooh, guy right there. Lit. BP ain't having it. Care to elaborate? Mm. No. No. <laughs> how do they? How do the? How do the Patriots do this? Well, first of all, they're complying with the salary cap. They're giving these incentives in what are called a category called unlikely to be earned, which means that each of these categories has to be one more than what he achieved last year. That's how it's uh, uh, delineated. Now, if they don't, if he doesn't hit these categories, then it doesn't count against the salary cap. uh, And as they give them today, they do not count against the salary cap. So um, if they hit him, great, which he did last year. If not, they can take a look at it at the end of the season when they have more flexibility in the salary cap. So what they did was comply directly with the salary cap, give themselves actually a little bit of relief on the salary cap. He gets an opportunity to earn the money. 
But you know what, Susan, he, he deserves the opportunity to earn this because this is a guy that came back from that herniated disc surgery 2016 and was still able to get over 1,000 yards receiving eight touchdowns despite some of the breakdowns he's had in his durability. Mm-hmm. So this is similar to what they've done before, Tom Brady, what have you, and, 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 and he's earned it by the simple fact that he has regained his health and still was productive last season. But it's sort of the double-edged sword because he comes back from it, but he, but he has been injured yes. right. quite a bit. But There's this a listen, history of that. He yeah, definitely that's does. The only, that's the only, uh, it, when you check all the boxes, right. just like Aaron Donald, the, the one you can't check for Gronk. Hey, the most complete tight end in our game. That, that's the reality. When you look at him and, and you saw all the names people were comparing him to, as far as blocking, receiving, the matchup nightmare, whether it be linebacker, safety, corner, you name it. He's the most complete guy. He'll do every part of the game and then some. you got to respect the way he plays again. When he's healthy... I mean, that, that's a mismatch everybody understands. And, and the, the part about the Patriots is they expose it. They use it week in and week out. It doesn't matter whether they're playing the Steelers or go to them three out of three plays. The last week, this is what we're going to do. They have no fear in showing what they're going to do because he's that good. You understand it's a one-on-one matchup. We're going there. We're going to live or die based on what he does. And first quick, thing you do as a, excuse me, first mm-hmm. thing you do as a defense when you're getting ready to play the Patriots is to decide – First of all, identify where he is in every formation, which is not easy to do. That's right. And secondly, decide how you're going to play him before you do anything else. You have to decide how you're going to play him because if you leave him one-on-one in a certain situation, it's over. Yeah. He'll win virtually every matchup. I was only going to say, just even with the durability questions, he still had over 1,000 since 2014. So missing those eight games in 2016, despite everything we know, elbow, hip, hamstring, whatever it's been all over his body, he's still getting over 1,000. So, yeah. Doing it, doing yeah. his thing. Yeah. You know what else he's really good at, too? Just being Gronk. <laughs> yes. Gronk has competition for league's biggest personality. It would be Jalen Ramsey. Mm. And oh. Ramsey has some interesting things to say about Gronk. You don't want to miss that later in the show. Right now, let's talk about the defending Super Bowl champs. Good news. Doug Peterson said after the game last night, they're planning to take wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey off the PUP list today. By staying off up, the Eagles will keep Jeffrey, who's coming back from a shoulder injury, on the 53-man roster, not be forced to keep him on the sideline until midseason. Peterson classified Jeffrey's status as day-to-day. Deadline. 90 minutes before the kickoff, I think. So you don't need to know by Friday when the game plan I'll know. Friday and Saturday? I'll know. That's what I'm saying. You mean me personally, I will know. Yeah, I'll know. Friday. Is Friday when you're going to make the decision? Publicly? Privately. Oh, privately? Probably Friday. Privately, but, you know. I'm just saying. I know. Otherwise, 90 minutes. And he will milk it as long as he can. (laughs) Good for him. More uncertainty with Eagles injuries. Running back Jay Ajayi hasn't practiced in two weeks with what's described as a lower body injury. He's expected to be ready for the opener and backup tight end Richard Rodgers is considered week to week with the knee injury. And just to be clear on Jeffrey, it's unlikely that we're going to see him in the opener. I guess that we should focus on the quarterbacks at this point. I mean... Don't you think it today, these days, that it's impossible to keep that under wraps? You think it, it's you, awfully difficult, but you know, in this particular case with Wentz, we know full well that they're not putting him out there unless he's a hundred percent in every category. The doctors have said yes, 
The coaches have said That's yes. Right. And then Doug goes to him and says, hey, how do you feel? Are you ready to go? Or you want another week? So when you have to check all three of those boxes and he hasn't played yet in a ball game, pretty unlikely that he's going to play. Yeah, it, it, p- patience is the key here. Yeah. And I would say from a guy sitting in the locker room, I want you to be patient, right? We got a game Thursday, I understand, opening of the season, all the hype, and everybody's excited. Fans are excited. Fantasy football is excited. The world is excited. The reality is we got 15 more after that. And by the way, once this game is played, we have 10 days before we play our next one, which in the NFL is an eternity, right? I mean, that's an eternity of rehab, right. of work, of, of how much progress can be made in that. So in my opinion, it is patience and more patience. And just understand whenever he comes back, if we're b- better at the latter end of the season, good for us and good on us for making a decision yeah. early like on. Like a built-in, a built-in mini-buy. Yeah, yeah. Here's, the other, the here's the other thing. He has an injury that typically would take a year to come back from. That means Thanksgiving, right? But we're now talking about how soon will he be back. That in itself is a miraculous recovery. Right. And you don't want to push that. You don't want to push that. I you don't want to. bonus time. That's exactly right. That's right. That's exactly right. So a couple of things. One, <laughs> uh, I talked to two sources on this. Uh, one source said that they uh, did not feel he was going to at least play in the opener. Also talked to a source a couple hours ago <laughs> who said, and pay attention to this, we'll see. Because the question was, do you still think that you can play, you know, limited snaps, you know, with this person? So we'll see. When I talked to Mike Wallace last night, he said, um, you know, let's kind of get to Sunday's practice. We'll have a better idea. But the good news is that they've been moving guys all around the line of scrimmage. Nelson Aguilar, Matt Collins, Marcus Wheaton. So everyone has, you know, familiarity with everywhere they need to be in the event that he does not play. And keep in mind, they won the Super Bowl last year, missing a ton of really good players, some of their best players. Right. So they have the confidence that they can do this. Yeah. And the quarterback who did it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Mike Wallace, I asked him about Carson Wentz, and he said he looks like the reason why I came here, and he has been slinging the rock, and he said he looks ready to go. That was according to (laughs) No matter who's playing, kickoff Thursday night at the link is going to be insane. Yes, it will. All right, so the flip side of the joy is this fight. In a decision made Tuesday and publicized yesterday by Colin Kaepernick's lawyer, arbitrator Stephen B. Burbank, ruled that there are enough facts and evidence for Kaepernick's collusion grievance against the NFL to go to a full trial. Kaepernick, out of football since March of 2017, contends owners conspired to keep him off of teams because of his protests of social injustice. And also, insider Dan Graziano reports that the NFL and NFLPA say, although they have been encouraged by ongoing discussions on the anthem policy, sources tell him that a resolution is not expected by week one. And Dan adds, each side is curious to see how the other handles issues that arise moving forward, such as whether players will continue protesting during the anthem, what owners and or the league will do, and if the president continues to mention it. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. 
Back to our lead story. Adam Schefter broke the news just after noon Eastern. The Rams and Aaron Donald finalizing a record six-year, $135 million contract, including $87 million guaranteed. It is the richest defensive deal in NFL history. Donald now tied to the Rams for the next seven years. And Adam is back with us. Adam, let's start with what's reaction around the league from agents, GMs? What's the impact of this? Well, first of all, Susie, this is what used to be quarterback money now for a defensive lineman, which we haven't seen before. I think that's the first thing that you look at right now. You also know that the Rams earlier this week redid the contracts of Robert Woods and Andrew Whitworth to create more salary cap space. But the fact of the matter is Donald's cap number this year rose only $2 million. So they really didn't even need to do that to fit the deal done, but it did give them more cushion and it did create more space. And they now have Donald now under contract for the next seven years. And look, there is still another primary holdout out there in Khalil Mack. And he has to be looking at the Aaron Donald deal of $87 million guaranteed and six-year extension, $135 million, and saying, where is mine? And he and the Raiders have been nowhere. So the bottom line is Donald will be there in time. He's not yet at the Rams facility. He's on his way there. I can update you there. That private jet, I would assume, is in route to L.A. or or the commercial first-class flight. Whatever he wants, but he is in route to Los Angeles as we speak. And he will soon be at the Rams facility, but he is not there yet. He will be there in time to meet the team today, to go through practice this week, and to play in the Monday night opener, one week from Monday, against John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders as they continue to miss out on their holdout defensive star, Khalil Mack. And it's interesting. These are the last two NFL defensive players of the year, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Donald gets his deal done, and we have no idea when Mack will get his deal done. Clearly, it's Monday Night Football. We're we're hoping they'll both be on the field. But just to follow up with Mack, I think there was a lot of speculation that as soon as one happened, then the other would quickly follow. Do you believe that to be true? That is not the case, Susie. In fact, the Rams and Aaron Donald have continued to make progress to the point Earlier this week, Aaron Donald told Sean McVay in lines of communication that they had that the deal was getting done, and that was why Sean McVay expressed the confidence that he has. John Gruden and Khalil Mack, on the other hand, have not spoken at all in months, if ever, since John Gruden became the Oakland Raiders head coach. There's been no dialogue between the two. Khalil Mack is as dug in today as he's been before, and there's been no recent offer made in months. So the Raiders and Mack have made zero progress whereas the Rams and Donald now have an agreed-upon deal that will have Donald at that facility later today in time to play one week from Monday night. Talk about the highs and the lows. Adam Schefter with the breaking news, as always. All right, as we continue here, the Rams had a really busy offseason. They added three former pro bowlers to their roster, signing Adamican Sue and trading for Marcus Peters and Akib Tlaib. They also traded a future first-round pick to the Patriots for Brandon Cooks and later extended him with a five-year deal, making him the third-highest-paid wideout. Then last month, they signed Todd Gurley to a four-year extension worth $45 million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid running back in the league. And today, the Rams signed Aaron Donald to a deal worth $87 million guaranteed. He's the highest-paid defender in NFL history. The bill on the Rams' spending spree, $237 million guaranteed that's the most guaranteed money spent since the start of the league year ahead of the vikings and the browns 
So with all of that. Who do you think is going to have the better record? (laughs) That's exactly the point. The Browns ain't in that mix, I'll tell you that. The pieces have to fit. The pieces have to fit. How do you like all the pieces? I love it. This is a really good football team. And the Cronkies are enlightened owners. They're progressive owners. They got a brand new stadium coming online. Revenue is going to increase dramatically. They've got a great football team. They went out and, and improved it, uh, and and they spent their money wisely, as opposed to just throwing money at problems, which frequently right. happens in free agency. Uh, they didn't get caught up in the free agency hype. They paid their own guys. They paid the guys that are the the marquee players for them. This was a, a home run for them. So last season. Donald missed the preseason. He came back the eve of the season, missed week one, came back for week two. Where do you think this puts him in terms of his body and being ready? Yeah, biggest risk for me is to get him on the field too early and too much of of playtime. You know, if you think about how much much guys' bodies have adjusted over the last three or four weeks and just getting hit every day and all those kinds of things, he hadn't faced any of that. It doesn't matter how hard you train, your body takes time to adapt. So as you're looking at it, I would say use them situationally. Understand what you can get out of them. If it's third down, nickel package, whatever it is, understand what you're getting. And again, the same principle we talked about Wentz earlier on and Alshon Jeffrey and everybody else who's trying to rush to get back. Give it time. As the season progresses, you'll be just fine. But you'd rather be better latter part of the season than lose a guy like Aaron Donald now because you try to rush him on the field too early. Very high incidents throughout history, going all the way back to the, to the 1970s, where you had full camp holdouts, very high incidents of injuries to those players. Yep. So you've got you to look at the, at, the, at the statistics and say to yourself, we better be careful here. We better be safe than sorry. Let me say this, too, when uh, Bill was talking about just all the numbers coming in. Wade Phillips being the D.C. is the perfect D.C. to bring in all these different because he's not a personality guy. He lets everybody kind of be who they are. He doesn't try to he doesn't try to just force everybody to be what he wants them to be. He allows everybody to have their own kind of thing. Think about him in Denver and, and how he allows guys to have these personalities, the way they play, the aggressiveness they play with, all of those things. And he always goes to bat for his guys, which you got to love when you're on the field and you know some things don't always go your way. He's always going to be the guy that battles for you. But when you're bringing in a group like he is that many guys in that short a time period you have to have the right dc they got a perfect fit and what he wants to do and what he's got added to him it's absolutely true and those two corners are hard to handle i doubt that any other team would have brought those two in together and said here you go here are our corners but wade can handle yep yeah they they all have swag he has (laughs) super swag yes as they've all stated wade you got it did you want to add one more thing on just uh, just the perspective of the contract um, well, I, the one thing that does stand out to me is that they also achieved this number with a six-year extension. So there are a lot of years on the deal to get to this number. I was just asking someone how that would have translated to Odell's deal had he had the same amount of years and they had that at a $66, $76 million guarantee instead of 65 The other point that I wanted to make is that um, I think that this really just reflects how not complacent the ownership is and also uh, the general manager and Les Snead. I like the fact that they're still very aggressive despite the fact that they did really well in the playoffs. And uh, and it's not just the defensive coordinator and Wade Phillips. They have a very good line coach in Bill Johnson who Mm. knows exactly how to bring these guys along. But the acclimation period is a very astute point because we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell and taking his time. You know, to get readjusted when, when you're not having the physical acclimation of actual football time. This just shows teamwork. 
from top to bottom. Great point. Right? It's supposed and it to really, work. really pays off. Okay, how about this for a message? Despite a strong showing from quarterback Jameis Winston in the preseason, the Bucks aren't committing to him as a starter in week four when he returns from his three-game suspension. Here's Bucks GM Jason Light speaking on the Bucks television broadcast, WFLA-TV, last night. Obviously, he's had a fantastic preseason. Uh, throwing the ball in practice, how it's translated to the games. He's grown up, it seems. Your opinion. I don't think it would be fair to anybody right now to just lay out that plan and to say you know, definitively what it's going to be. There's a lot of factors at play there. So, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Griffin, whoever it is, is, is playing lights out. I don't think it's fair right now just to say, yes, automatically he's going to be the guy. Now, he may be. So, um, you know, Dirk and I, um, Dirk in particular, has a, you know, he's got some time to think about that. Bill, how does this strike you? Well, number one, they're leaving themselves more than a little wiggle room uh, in terms of, of what they want to do going forward. And two, I think it's correct. The patience has worn thin. Yep. This is a guy who really by now should have grown up and, and should have figured out that he's in a position where he's got things bigger, to, to use a phrase we've heard a lot over the last couple of days, there are things bigger than himself that, that are involved uh, in this and playing quarterback in the National Football League. And he hasn't really measured up. So they're sending a very clear message to him. And, uh, and that's probably all to the good. I couldn't agree more. Listen, if you, this is a guy that's brought this on himself. And so, you know, as you're going through, uh, you know, this suspension, hopefully he, he has more time to reflect, more, more time to sit around and think, hey, you know, what could possibly be taken from me from my decisions that I've made? And as you're looking at the team, they've done a lot to help them. They've helped the offensive line a great deal. You still got Deshaun Jackson and Evans on the outside who are two of the best in our game. You still got speed. I mean, Evans is a massive human being who can make play after play. So Fitzpatrick can fit, man. He can win games. And if you're winning games, do you throw that chemistry, you know, kind of the wayside and bring another guy back in? And in my opinion, I think he said the right things. If we're winning and we're successful, we're, we may stay, you know, stay steadfast. If we're not, then we can reevaluate. But why put yourself in a box the last week of preseason? You got plenty of time to make this decision. Whether James, James Winston played well in preseason or not makes no difference. He's still going to have three weeks of doing nothing to come back on the field. In my opinion, I think he left his window open. It was a good thing to do. I think it's three things that the club are balancing. One, it's the nature of the situation, the nature of the allegations that, you know, he went through, uh, coupled with the fact that it's the timing of when it happened because it was two months after his rookie season. So there's time between that and the club has talked about and can say that there's been time since then that they feel like they have seen maturity. But then the third thing that they're balancing is the history that's also there and the aggregate of all things. So that's what altogether, I think, makes it a situation where it has worn thin. And he has a lot to prove on the field and even off the field moving forward from this point. Sir Cutter has said he'd give him an A for this training camp, this preseason. But at the moment, it's just not enough. Let's bring Jenna in now. So, Jenna, what what are you hearing regarding the comments from Jason Light? Well, and to add to what Josina was saying, this organization, I think, has been very, very careful about the public perception of this whole thing, the allegations that are at play here. They didn't put his face on the side of the stadium, the player murals. Dirk Cutter started him out in training camp as the third string quarterback. So they've been really careful about how this thing looks 
on the outside. Behind closed doors, yes, he's made him earn it. But I do think it's maybe a little bit different. I've talked to Jameis. He said he does feel supported by the organization. He does feel supported by his teammates. But at the same time, because of the fact that he's about to spend the next three weeks away from the building, he can't even have talk with his teammates. He can't have any sort of contact with them. The isolation that he felt, and I'm told it was a really lonely place for him, the isolation that he felt in those four weeks before training camp, right after the suspension was handed down, it's only going to be 10 times worse. So I think the organization maybe could have helped him out a little bit here by coming out and saying, yes, he's going to be our quarterback. But at the same time, they don't want to eat their words down the road should Fitzpatrick have them rolling. That's Jenna Lane with the latest from Tampa. The Bucks open at the Saints. Back to our lead story. Adam Schefter broke the news just after noon Eastern. The Rams and Aaron Donald finalizing a record six-year, $135 million contract, including $87 million guaranteed. It is the richest defensive deal in NFL history. Donald now tied to the Rams for the next seven years. And Adam is back with us. Adam, let's start with what's reaction around the league from agents, GMs? What's the impact of this? Well, first of all, Susie, this is what used to be quarterback money now for a defensive lineman, which we haven't seen before. I think that's the first thing that you look at right now. You also know that the Rams earlier this week redid the contracts of Robert Woods and Andrew Whitworth to create more salary cap space. But the fact of the matter is, Donald's cap number this year rose only $2 million. So they really didn't even need to do that to fit the deal done, but it did give them more cushion and it did create more space. And they now have Donald now under contract for the next seven years. And look, there is still another primary holdout out there in Khalil Mack. And he has to be looking at the Aaron Donald deal of $87 million guaranteed and six-year extension, $135 million, and saying, where is mine? And he and the Raiders have been nowhere. So, the bottom line is Donald will be there in time. He's not yet at the Rams facility. He's on his <laughs> way there. I can update you there. That private jet, I would assume, is in route to L.A. or, or the commercial first-class flight. Whatever he wants, but he is in route to Los Angeles as we speak. And he will soon be at the Rams facility, but he is not there yet. He will be there in time to meet the team today, to go through practice this week, and to play in the Monday night opener, one week from Monday, against John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders as they continue to miss out on their holdout defensive star, Khalil Mack. And it's interesting. These are the last two NFL defensive players of the year, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Donald gets his deal done, and we have no idea when Mack will get his deal done. Clearly, it's Monday Night Football. We're, we're hoping they'll both be on the field. But just to follow up with Mack, I think there was a lot of speculation that as soon as one happened, then the other would quickly follow. Do you believe that to be true? That is not the case, Susie. In fact, the Rams and Aaron Donald have continued to make progress to the point. Earlier this week, Aaron Donald told Sean McVay with the open lines of communication that they had that the deal was getting done, and that was why Sean McVay expressed the confidence that he has. John Gruden and Khalil Mack, on the other hand, have not spoken at all in months, if ever, since John Gruden became the Oakland Raiders head coach. There's been no dialogue between the two. Khalil Mack is as dug in today as he's been before, and there's been no recent offer made in months. So the Raiders and Mack have made zero progress, whereas the Rams and Donald now have an agreed-upon deal that will have Donald at that facility later today in time to play one week from Monday night. Talk about the highs and the lows. Adam Schefter with the breaking news, as always.
All right, as we continue here, the Rams had a really busy offseason. They added three former pro bowlers to their roster, signing Adamican Sue and trading for Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib. They also traded a future first-round pick to the Patriots for Brandon Cooks and later extended him with a five-year deal, making him the third-highest-paid wideout. Then last month, they signed Todd Gurley to a four-year extension worth $45 million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid running back in the league. And today, the Rams signed Aaron Donald to a deal worth $87 million guaranteed. He's the highest-paid defender in NFL history. The bill on the Rams' spending spree, $237 million guaranteed. That's the most guaranteed money spent since the start of the league year ahead of the Vikings and the Browns. So with all of that. Who do you think is going to have the better record? (laughs) That's exactly the The point. The Browns ain't in that mix, I'll tell you that. The pieces have to fit. The pieces have to fit. How do you like all the pieces? I love it. This is a really good football team and the Cronkies are Enlightened owners, they're progressive owners. They got a brand new stadium coming online. Revenue is going to increase dramatically. They've got a great football team. They went out and, and improved it, uh, and and they spent their money wisely, as opposed to just throwing money at problems, which frequently right. happens in free agency. Uh, they didn't get caught up in a free agency hype. They paid their own guys. They paid the guys that are the the marquee players for them. This was a, a home run for the. So last season, Donald missed the preseason. He came back the eve of the season, missed week one, came back for week two. Where do you think this puts him in terms of his body and being ready? Yeah, biggest risk for me is to get him on the field too early and too much of, of, of playtime. You know, if you think about how much guy, how much guys' bodies have adjusted over the last three or four weeks and just getting hit every day and all those kinds of things. He hadn't faced any of that. It doesn't matter how hard you train, your body takes time to adapt. So as you're looking at it, I would say use them situationally. Understand what you can get out of them. If it's third down, nickel package, whatever it is, understand what you're getting. And again, the same principle we talked about, Wentz, earlier on, and Alshon, Jeffrey, and everybody else who's trying to rush to get back, give it time. As the season progresses, you'll be just fine, but you'd rather be better latter part of the season than lose a guy like Aaron Donald now because you try to rush him on the field too early. Very high incidents throughout history, going all the way back to the, to the 1970s, where you had full camp holdouts, very high incidents of injuries to those players. Yep. So you've got you to look at the, at, the, at the statistics and say to yourself, we better be careful here. We better be safe than sorry. Let me say this, too. When uh, Bill was talking about just all the numbers coming in, Wade Phillips being the D.C. is the perfect D.C. to bring in all these different because he's not a personality guy. He lets everybody kind of be who they are. He doesn't try to he doesn't try to just force everybody to be what he wants them to be. He allows everybody to have their own kind of thing. Think about him in Denver and, and how he allows guys to have these personalities, the way they play, the aggressiveness they play with, all of those things. And he always goes to bat for his guys, which you got to love when you're on the field and you know some things don't always go your way. He's always going to be the guy that battles for you. But when you're bringing in a group like he is that many guys in that short a time period you have to have the right dc they got a perfect fit and what he wants to do and what he's got added to him it's absolutely true and those two corners are hard to handle i doubt that any other team would have brought those two in together and said here you go here are our corners but wade can handle yep yeah they they all have swag he has super (laughs) swag yes as they've all stated wade you got it did you want to add one more thing on just uh, just the perspective of the contract 
Um, well, I, the one thing that does stand out to me is that they also achieved this number with a six-year extension. So there are a lot of years on the deal to get to this number. I was just asking someone how that would have translated to Odell's deal had he had the same amount of years, and they had that at a $66, $76 million guarantee instead of 65 the other point that I wanted to make is that um, I think that this really just reflects how not complacent the ownership is and also uh, the general manager and Les Need. I like the fact that they're still very aggressive despite the fact that they did really well in the playoffs. And, uh, and it's not just the defensive coordinator and Wade Phillips. They have a very good line coach in Bill Johnson who mm. knows exactly how to bring these guys along. But the acclimation period is a very astute point because we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell and taking his time you know, to get readjusted when, when you're not having the physical acclimation of actual football time. This just shows teamwork from top to bottom. Great right? way it's right? supposed it to really, work. It really pays off. Okay, how about this for a message? Despite a strong showing from quarterback Jameis Winston in the preseason, the Bucks aren't committing to him as a starter in week four when he returns from his three-game suspension. Here's Bucks GM Jason Light speaking on the Bucks television broadcast, WFLA-TV, last night. Obviously, he's had a fantastic preseason. Uh, throwing the ball in practice, how it's translated to the games, he's grown up, it seems. Your opinion? I don't think it would be fair to anybody right now to just lay out that plan and to say you know, definitively what it's going to be. There's a lot of factors at play there. So, you know... Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Griffin, whoever it is, is, is playing lights out. I don't think it's fair right now just to say, yes, automatically he's going to be the guy. Now, he may be. So, um, you know, Dirk and I, um, Dirk in particular, has a you know, he's got some time to think about that. Bill, how does this strike you? Well, number one, they're leaving themselves more than a little wiggle room uh, in terms of, of what they want to do going forward. And two, I think it's correct. The patience has worn thin. Yep. This is a guy who really by now should have grown up and, and should have figured out that he's in a position where he's got things bigger, to, to use a phrase we've heard a lot over the last couple of days, there are things bigger than himself that, that are involved uh, in this and playing quarterback in the National Football League, and he hasn't really measured up. So they're sending a very clear message to him, and, uh, and that's probably all to the good. I couldn't agree more. Listen, if you, this is a guy that's brought this on himself. And so, you know, as you're going through, uh, you know, this suspension, hopefully he, he has more time to reflect, more, more time to sit around and think, hey, you know, what could possibly be taken from me from my decisions that I've made? And as you're looking at the team, they've done a lot to help them. They've helped the offensive line a great deal. You still got Deshaun Jackson and Evans on the outside who are two of the best in our game. You still got speed. I mean, Evans is a massive human being who can make play after play. So Fitzpatrick can fit, man. He can win games. And if you're winning games, do you throw that chemistry, you know, kind of the wayside and bring another guy back in? And in my opinion, I think he said the right things. If we're winning and we're successful, we're, we may stay, you know, stay steadfast. If we're not, then we can reevaluate. But why put yourself in a box the last week of preseason? You got plenty of time to make this decision. Whether James, James Winston played well in preseason or not makes no difference. He's still going to have three weeks of doing nothing to come back on the field. In my opinion, I think he left his window open. It was a good thing to do. I think it's three things that the club are, are balancing. One, it's the nature of the situation, the nature of the allegations that, you know, he went through, uh, coupled with the fact that it's the timing of when it happened because it was two months after his rookie season. So there's time between that and the club has talked about and can say that there's been time since then that they feel like they have seen maturity. But then the third thing that they're balancing is the history 
that's also there and the aggregate of all things. So that's what altogether, I think, makes it a situation where it has warrant in. And he has a lot to prove on the field and even off the field moving forward from this point. Dirk Cutter has said he'd give him an A for this training camp, this preseason. But at the moment, it's just not enough. Let's bring Jenna in now. So, Jenna, what what are you hearing regarding the comments from Jason Light? Well, and to add to what Josina was saying, this organization, I think, has been very, very careful about the public perception of this whole thing, the allegations that are at play here. They didn't put his face on the side of the stadium, the player murals. Dirk Cutter started him out in training camp as the third-string quarterback. So they've been really careful about how this thing looks on the outside. Behind closed doors, yes, he's made him earn it. But I do think it's maybe a little bit different. I've talked to Jameis. He said he does feel supported by the organization. He does feel supported by his teammates. But at the same time, because of the fact that he's about to spend the next three weeks away from the building, he can't even have talk with his teammates. He can't have any sort of contact with them. The isolation that he felt, and I'm told it was a really lonely place for him, the isolation that he felt in those four weeks before training camp, right after the suspension was handed down, it's only going to be 10 times worse. So I think the organization maybe could have helped him out a little bit here by coming out and saying, yes, he's going to be our quarterback. But at the same time, they don't want to eat their words down the road should Fitzpatrick have them rolling. That's Jenna Lane with the latest from Tampa. The Bucks open at the Saints.